There'll be food and drink and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. You're all invited. The box. You opened it. We came. Welcome all monsters and welcome to the slumber party and I hope everyone's doing well given the uh, really shit weather recently and the cost of living going up as always and uh, our lovely guest today will be Vicky who owns Pins and Needles Official. Hello. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah something that's a, a bit a little bit close to home I think for both of us really this week's episode it's going to be uh, toxic relationships. <laughs> yeah could talk for hours about them. Oh god, I can talk about a couple of them. But yes, um, specifically, it's uh, based in horror films. Some movies people definitely know about. Some people might not know about quite a few of these films because I occasionally get messages from people saying like they've never heard of half the films I've mentioned and they're curious about them now. Oh, oh right. When you said about the the relationship thing, I was thinking that's going to be really difficult. And then I was like, actually like looking through and it's like no there's actually quite a lot yeah especially since like a term like gaslighting is definitely a term now and yeah how many people lie in relationships and just oh god it's when you, you sit down it's almost like you, your life flashes before your eyes and it's like oh i've actually seen quite a few of these films i've been in a few of these films <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah as always hope uh, listeners are enjoying themselves you if you're feeling a bit that this one might be a bit difficult for you, I will say it's a trigger warning for like painful relationships, possible sexual assault and just abusive relationships as well. So this is a bit of a, a trigger warning straight away for people just in case. Yeah, definitely. That's what I wrote on my I wrote on my page. Trigger warning for sexual assault. It's almost like I should have done this. It's kind of like how many red flags are in this movie? Yes. You can make it into a drinking game, can you? Oh god, some of these films should probably end up needing a kidney replacement by the end of it. Or is it your liver? Is it your liver or your kidneys? Liver, that's the one. Yeah, a whole new liver after watching these. But yes. <laughs> so tell us about some of the films you've come up with, my dear. So I watched Possession from 1984. Oh, Mark. Your wife keeps her own secrets. Make her talk to me. It'll be the way that she wants. I don't know whether it was just the... The age of the film or whether it's actually the subject matter, but uh, it was really slow going. A good good idea, but at the same time it was like, it, I got really bored. So it's basically two people like in a relationship, man and a woman, and uh, they're in a struggling marriage. They've got a child together and they're trying to work it out and at the beginning like i just found it really crappy acting basically but i don't know whether that's just because it's the age of it because it's quite an old film yeah oh my god it's like 40 years old i just realized 
Yeah, he was 14 years old. So it was quite poor. Um, but it was the guy from Jurassic Park in it. And I just, I was expecting him to like start, you know, talking about dinosaurs halfway through. Yeah, but he was really young. Good old Sam Neill. Yeah. That's it. Sam Neill. I was trying to remember his name. Super, super toxic relationship that they had together. Um, and she was having an affair, basically. It, yeah, it wasn't great, but it, it was good. But it, the toxicity in there was mad. I definitely agree with you on that one. Like, she wants to divorce him, leave the marriage and be with her mm. affair partner. Whereas he's kind of like stalking her to find out like, oh, what's my, what her, what's her partner got that I haven't got? Why can't I save this yeah. marriage? And it's kind of like, mate, if you have the resort to st- stalking someone to figure out what's going on it's like they're not worth holding on to yeah he was losing his mind wasn't he yeah but i've written down a thing and she said she said to him she's like i wouldn't have had the kid together if i'd known that the other guy existed before i met you and i was like that's that's really dark that's a punch the ovaries jesus And I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty bad. But yeah, the ending was a bit of a strange one. I don't know if you thought the same. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different like, theories about what the ending means and what it all kind of like yeah. kind of, like, mashes into. And it's like, okay. Didn't, didn't quite get it. But it, it was interesting. But yeah, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't a favourite for me. <laughs> the, tox, the toxic side was actually quite like, oh God, yeah. You know, I've experienced that before. Oh, I've, I've, yeah. Our first relationship, it reminds me of, which is quite sad. Not a good thing when that kind of happens. But yeah, the fact he was like losing his mind and like his eyes kept going really what, like wild, didn't they? And I was like, oh, yeah, he's losing it. It's always the eyes. It's nothing else. It's always like if the eyes go really, like really poppy, then you know it's like, right, they're losing it. Yeah. What's the, uh, I suppose it's like the eyes, the windows, the soul, aren't they? So maybe it's like the soul's distressed, so the eyes go a bit crazy. That's a good way of putting it, actually. Mm. <laughs> Tell me who you are. Frank. No. No! Believe me, it's me. It's really me. <laughs> Keith from MK Hall would probably congratulate me for, for saying this one, but Hellraiser, Julia and Frank are both toxic as fuck. Yes, I love Hellraiser. I do as well. That is a good thing. Yeah, they definitely are. Frank, just for being Frank, like, ugh. He, just, he, looked, he would smell sweaty just from looking at him. Sweating on the inside. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like <laughs> that sort of like musky, like, oh, God, you... You need to learn what deodorant is and have a wash. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, if Frank Julia, Julie wouldn't have turned into like the ultimate baddie in the first and second film. Yeah. So I suppose she's got, you know, well, is that, but is that like a, a good thing? Or, but I suppose it's, it's trauma, isn't it? Yeah. Like she couldn't let go of him, but at the same time, he kind of literally crawled back from hell and made it so that she wouldn't be able to, like, live without him by being a, a constant mm. presence in, in the attic. Yes. Yeah. Quite dark. <laughs> Arc love then, really. Yeah. She's like, oh, God, like, mate, like, Julia, darling, 
his dick couldn't have been that good for you. It's like, I've seen this on TikTok where it's like, um, it might have been good for your whole, but it's not good for your soul. <laughs> That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. It could be good for your whole, but not your soul. Oh, God. That should be written on like a, um, offered on, um, put, put them on like red flags and sell mm. them. <laughs> sell it for merch. I saw a mad like um, uh, comment the other day. I was watching like a therapy thing and um, it said, uh, it, it said, um, you may be broken. This is just a comment on YouTube. You may be broken, but the McDonald's ice cream um, machine is always broken and people still love it. And I you know what? So I love good. that. I want it tattooed, but it's really long. So I need to like, kind of like, you know, condense it down a bit. But I thought that was quite good. I was like, okay, it's hope for me yet. Hmm. That is actually quite good. I mean, you could probably have it as a, like a scroll tattoo so it almost wraps around your leg or something. Oh, God, yeah. Just, what well, I'd make it look really, like, official. Like, it's, you know, Ten Commandments and... Yeah. <laughs> just talking about broken ice cream thing. Oh, why not? <laughs> I mean, if grown men can have, like, a camel tattooed on their big toe, I'm pretty sure you can get a tattoo about the ice cream machine. Very true. I should do it all, like, really official. And, like, a... Yeah, like a script and, like, a, a scroll. <laughs> <laughs> oh god I mean yeah both films Possession and Hellraiser both classic films mm. but done in very different ways I mean with Hellraiser you've got the couple that are almost like feeding each other's like insanity and toxic behaviour whereas in Possession it's one person that wants to leave the relationship for someone else that they feel is better than the husband but the husband is like putting the foot down and saying no you can't leave me yes I never thought about Hellraiser like that. I knew it was kind of like um, toxic, but at the same time, yeah, that they are feeding each other, aren't they? It's almost like it's... Um, Codependent. If... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, they almost couldn't survive without each other once they've met. True. That is very true. Yeah, possession, I just, I don't know. It's just really boring. <laughs> so many people have, like, really enjoyed that film, and you're like, oh, fuck it. People enjoy it. Oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Try it. You know, I, I, it might just be me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe it's just my ADHD brain. I just don't know. Like, I just found it really over the top. And there was this one bit where he was like picking up suitcases in the beginning and then put them down and then pick them up again and put them down. I was like, just dude, what are you doing? I was like, just making your mind. I don't know whether they'd asked him to like go. And then he went and they went, no, stop. We'll try again. Go again. <laughs> Because it just didn't, oh, just didn't cut it. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't cut it. And I was like, God, you're decisive about her. Like, you want to be with her, but you can't decide on these suitcases. Like, get on with it. Oh, yeah. What's your next film, dear? <laughs> yeah, I'll, sh I'll shut up about Possession now. Um, <laughs> so the next one I watch, which is kind of like in between, because, it, yes, it's horror, but also it's like more psychological kind of like thriller, was Gerald's Game. Have you seen it? No, but I've heard a lot about it. This is going to be good for us, Jess. Really good. That's a marriage, isn't it? Working on the difficult things. For better or worse. It's on Netflix, and it's basically... Um, it's based on a Stephen King story. 
um, and it's a husband and wife, and they go on a romantic getaway to like spice up their marriage. Um, <clears throat> and you think, oh, you know, it's sad, like they've just been thinking, like you know, just lost touch a little bit. But no, it goes really dark. Um, I will say though, massive trigger warning for threat of sexual assault. Um, the whole book, the whole film, and the book um, is based on sexual assault. So it is it. It's a tough one to watch if you if you are triggered by things like that. That's all I'll say. Um, but he basically handcuffs her to the bed, and they're playing around as you do, and uh, he ends up having a heart attack, and she's stuck there, and she goes through this like psychological breakdown. And there is I, I don't want to give too much away, but at the same time, it's like. It's it's the metaphor like of releasing yourself from the chains of a bad relationship. Cause one one minute she's like, you know, oh no, he's fine, he's fine. When actually all the stuff he's done to her is so bad. And she literally has to like practically maim herself to get free. Oh yeah, doesn't she like uh deglove her hand to get out of the handcuffs? Yes, yeah. yeah, she does. <laughs> Which I, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to skip this bit. <laughs> but it is a massive internal struggle. And just, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant because I love Stephen King anyway. Um, but yeah, there's like a dog that comes and it's like, it, there's so many metaphors in it. And like at the start, she's blaming herself. And then she has like her own self, like standing next to the bed, talking to her, going, no, 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 you didn't do that. You didn't do that. So it's like she's fighting with herself and it's it's brilliant. Such a good film. Considering it's just based in one room. It's like, yeah, it's great. Really good. Yeah, it's definitely, from what I know about it, it's well done for... Like within the space that it, like the limited space that it has, like it's te- like tastefully done. It doesn't yeah. like spell it out for you or dead panic for you to make it really like easy. It's kind of like it doesn't treat the audience like absolute morons. No, it doesn't, and it's it's brilliant. It really is really good. Like there must be at the max in the main part of the film, maybe five camera angles that's it in the room and you you don't need any more than that like it, it, the way it's shot and everything is great really really good so definitely worth a watch but a massive trigger warning because there's, there's a lot of things that come up from her past and things that have happened to her um that if you have experienced anything like that with sexual assault or or childhood trauma be really careful watching it but definitely worth a watch if you like psychological thrillers yeah i mean i'm glad the husband does does have a heart attack and i mean the dog eats his face i think doesn't it oh yeah yeah (laughs) the dog eats him it's great so thank god for that (laughs) but there's one bit where she's like trying to get the dog away like he's dead but she's like go 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 and it's like that's her way of being like no i still want it to work like i don't want anything to happen to him when really he's he's been horrendous like, and she has all these flashbacks of things that, you know, because he's standing by the bed as well. Like, uh, uh, obviously, it's her mind. And he's telling her stuff like, oh, do you remember when I did this? Do you remember when I did that? 
and he was horrendous. So it's kind of like that internal battle when you're in a bad relationship and you're trying to tell yourself, oh no, they're not that bad, they're not that bad, when really they're bloody awful to you. Yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of like, you actually get a moment to yourself and you think about all the whole things your partner's done to you and you're like, yeah, oh shit, this is fucking horrible. Yeah. Like when a friend of mine, uh, she got out of quite a bad relationship and I actually told her like she was kind of like oohing and ahhing about like whether to talk to him as a friend or anything again I said to her to make it easier for yourself and calm your mind down sit down get a pen a bit of paper write bullet point everything that's happened in the relationship that has been a result of their choice or their actions towards you within the relationship and yeah Mm. what she did filled out about a paper uh, what's it? A double-sided A4 paper, and nearly a, uh, and nearly a second bit of paper with like all the different things. God, wow! And I told her, if you dare get back together with him, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> but you know, it is so difficult, isn't it? Because I've been there. I've been there. Like you know, I won't go into details, but you know, I was in pr- really, really bad relationship. You know, for for quite a while, and um, back and forth, back and forth, and. And they know what to do because they give, they will, if you're with someone toxic, they will string you along. So they will ignore you. They'll, you know, cheat on you. They'll do whatever. But then they'll give you that tiny little dusting of, you know, I love yous and things. And it will just keep you, pull, it'll keep you pulled in. And it's just when you sit back and really look at it and go, Wow that was horrendous that because i think i think it's just i'm doing a lot of like research at the moment with like different attachment theories and things and it's really fascinating um of how people attract other people um and it all makes sense i've done loads of like therapy recently on it and it's yeah it's crazy um but yeah toxic relationships they will they will mess you up for years What's terrifying is the fact that there's just so many different types because there's people that have released, like, revenge porn after they've been dumped, which is now illegal, thank God. Like, it it was only, like, made illegal, like, a few years back, but, God, it was a bit late. Yeah. There was the financial abuse as well within relationships, which was only recognised not too long ago as well as, like, an illegal because it's kind of like as seen as like an actual form of abuse what's the financial side of it so it's like if um say if me and you were together if i said right mm-hmm. whatever let's put whatever money we both have into my account and you don't what? get to you only get to have like a limited amount of your earnings oh okay that's awful so it's literally it, that's only like one form of it there's like quite a few different ones or if um to be fair, though, you probably earn more than me, so <laughs> probably be better off. But it's literally like giving some, like, like if you earned, like, if your own spending money was like five hundred pounds, and I would only give you like a fiver here and there to pay for like the most basic things. That's like one form of it. That's horrible. That is horrible. Mm. Or if um, another one would be, I can think of would actually be if if we had separate accounts. Mm. Whenever you spent money on yourself and not asked me if you could spend that money 
mm. on yourself on that with the money that you have earned. And I had a go at you for it every single time and try to be controlling about the money that you are using. That's a, that's a form of it as well. Ow. It, there's just so much, isn't there? Like, it's just um, pe- people will find anything to abuse another person with, won't they? Like, they, I think it's just they just love when you get a toxic person or like you get the thing is, I hate the word. Everyone's using the word toxic so much recently. And I think it is a bit overused. But at the same time, the people like that from what I've experienced, they are toxic. But when you get that kind of person, they don't do everything in their power. But it's, it's mad, isn't it? Because I think it's, it comes from the fact that they've been hurt. And that's not an excuse, but it's like, that is the reason why. They just like, they spread the shit around <laughs> and want to hurt you too. Yeah, it's like, I'm in this much pain. I need to release this pain to other people. But my process, the, um, the damage that was done to me. So I'm just going to be horrible yeah. to other people because I don't understand how to, how to express what's happened to me sort of thing. Yeah, the person I was with, it, that was, that's what happened to them. Like they were, they were um, basically hurt and then I had got the tail end of it. And then, yeah, it, it, it took a lot of work. It was over 10 years ago. And it's only really the last four years I've felt more like me. It's mad, isn't it? Mm. It will take its time. That's the thing when it comes to like, whether you want to call it like a bad relationship, a toxic relationship, an abusive relationship. Yeah. Or partnership or whatever. And it's just kind of like, it's that realisation of this has literally been with me for so long. Like it's literally like a slow it's like a slow filter like it just kind of like trickles out of you slowly mm. when you start to actually look into it and think yeah this wasn't my fault this was them i just happened to be the um, unfortunate one the, the the hardest thing to do is i read a i read a saying a couple of years ago and it said um it's not verbatim because I, I always cock up sayings but it was something <laughs> like you wouldn't drink poison and expect the other person to die it's something like that so it's basically saying keeping hold of the anger over over the bad relationship so say you're in a bad relationship and you've you've had enough and you, you're trying to heal from it um, and you're out of the relationship you you really have to forgive them and it's the hardest thing to do and trust me i've been there you have to forgive them because otherwise the anger from that will just eat you up so that is, if anyone is, anyone is listening to this, is going through anything toxic like that, you really have to forgive them. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, but you are only hurting yourself holding on to the anger of that, which it's, it's such a tough one, but that's a little, that's my little bit of advice for the day. <laughs> Forgiveness really is a key because you just, you're letting yourself go from it. Otherwise you'll hold it forever. Vicky's therapy session <laughs> oh yeah no I, I just you know I've, i feel like i've probably dated half of these people that are in these in these bloody films because yeah you know but then a lot of it has been my own fault because i've like self-esteem issues and everything and i've let these people into my life so and i'm not saying that that's a rule for everyone but that's just you know that's what i've experienced see I, when it comes to people saying that it's their fault that a person 
that you let someone in that you didn't realize was toxic at first until you got to the end of the relationship. Yeah. I'd say it's not your fault, Vicky, and it's not anyone else's fault for being in a relationship like that because you have so low self esteem. Yeah, it's hard. Sometimes people, some people hone in on that and will target you because of it, but if they, it's not your fault for it though. Yeah. No, it's fine. You know, I've, I'm doing a lot of like therapy work at the moment and everything, not to go too much into a therapy thing. So feel free to cut all this out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. And I think it's just, it's all about like the, the, the boundaries at the beginning. And I think that's what I mean by like, oh, I've let them in or, or a person or let them in. Because yes, it's not it's not your fault to a certain extent because you've you know you've got problems, but at the same time you have to kind of like think, oh well, if they'd done that, I should have picked. You know what I mean? You can pick up on things quite early to a certain extent. But yeah, let's not get into like a big therapy thing. You know? Okay. <laughs> Feel free okay. to cut all of that out. <laughs> It's fine, we'll keep it in CJ, don't cut it. That is correct. A lot of people need to hear things like that. Oh, yeah. Because there's like the glamorised version of it, which is seeing films and TV, where it's kind of like, it's, they make it look as though trauma and bad relationships are easily mended. Like, no, it takes time, it takes effort as well. I try to to think about it as... A person's trauma as being like, you know, like a, a bundled ball of like Christmas lights. Like you put it in the cupboard and then you like open it up the next year and it's all a giant mess. Yeah. And trauma is a lot like that. It's trying to untangle the mess and trying to find, figure out where the beginning and where the end of it. And you can't exactly go, go up to go up to it and just kind of like hack at it and hope for the best and, you know, get like a knife or a pair of shop pair of scissors at, at, at the lights and just untangle it with those. It's true. And you do have to do like a lot of work on yourself. And like, that's not going back to like blaming people because I'm really not here to blame people. But you have to really kind of like take stock of yourself as well before, you know, you then go on because otherwise the trauma just gets passed on and on and on and on and on. So, um, there's so much to it. Like I'm doing loads of reading at the moment and loads of therapy stuff with anxiety and whatever. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I just want to give you a big hug. <laughs> I'm all good. I'm genuinely all good. I am all good. It's just, um, I'm doing a lot of, um, work on myself at the moment. So yeah, it's, it's good. It's positive, really positive. Good. I'm glad it is. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Uh, okay, I do want to talk about Rosemary's Baby. So that particular film, Guy, the husband, ultimate gaslighter, and uh, actually tries to... Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So throughout the film, so spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it, when they move into the new apartment and he gets to know the neighbours, he's in on it pretty much from the get-go. That really... If he helps the neighbour, like the... Satanists, like Satan worshippers in the apartment block, have Satan in pregnant Rosemary with like the spawn of Satan, then Guy will get a better career in acting. Who would do that? 
yeah, it's it's messed up when you sit down and actually think about it because you realise, guy, it's the fact that you re- it's when you watch it and you look back, you see like all the little things where you can see where he's trying to cover up the neighbour's behaviour. Oh my god! Because there was one particular scene that was quite that can be quite difficult for people to watch. It's the scene where Rosemary is actually being sexually assaulted by pretty much by Satan after she'd been drugged. But it's after the act, like the next day, um, uh, Rosemary asks Guy, like, did we, like, did you try and have sex with me last night? Did you try and, like, did you essentially, like, force himself onto her when she wasn't completely coherent? And he actually says, yeah, it was like, it was kind of like having sex with a, with a body. It was a bit odd, but I got into it in the end. Ugh. What upset me was the fact that he had actually told her yes like he gaslights her at this moment because it wasn't him that did the act but he is claiming that he did so he's openly admitting to like sexually assaulting his wife god but the kicker of this the real kicker of this is this uh rosemary's baby was actually released when marital rape was legal oh my god what that oh god yeah it was legal wasn't that just gross so yeah, kind of looking at it, knowing that that was actually a thing back then, it's quite unpleasant. So knowing that it's, if you don't know that and then watch the film, you're like, why is Rosemary still married to that bastard? And it's kind of like, you'd actually look at it now, look, look back at that law and you're like, oh, it's because it wasn't, there wasn't any like legal repercussions for forging yourself onto your partner such a weird concept i know obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in the world at the moment with like roe versus wade being like you know um abolished and everything but that blows my mind that something like that would actually in the western world be a thing i was actually mortified when i found out about that and i was like oh oh shit that's um that's dark but it's the fact that really it's the fact that it had to be made illegal for people to not be... Oh, God, how do I say this? Assaulting their partners. Exactly, yeah. Like, people are more likely to back off if you say no to them now, whereas back then it was kind of like you said no, they thought they would just do it anyway and there wouldn't be any anything you could really do. And the fact is... That, so, so, basically, that would mean that if that happened to someone, they would not be able to put that, like, on a divorce settlement, I imagine. Like, they couldn't say... Oh, my God, that's horrible. That is horrible. Yeah, that's really dark when you really put it in the context of that. That's how the world was then when it came out. So when did it come out? Oh, God. Uh, Hold on. Should we Google it? Yep, good old Google. Google, the brain I wish I had. Oh, God, no, too much information on the hop. I'd go insane. Imagine, um, have, like, have you seen um, South Park when um, they're talking about Jeff Bezos and he's got that massive head? Oh, God, no, I haven't seen that one. Uh, 1968. But I know that's, that's the 60s, but at the same time, that's not that long ago. That is not that long ago. Like, that's, yeah, that's horrible. So what happens, what happens, like, she has the baby then in the film? 
Yeah, yeah, she gives birth, uh, but the the people in the apartment blocks tell her that it like it died during birth, and then she finds out there's actually a hidden door to her apartment that leads into the, the um, uh, her neighbor's place, and everyone is just in in that apartment, and so is her alive baby. Wow! Like she asks them, like, what did you do to its eyes? Because his eyes look. You don't see the child, but she she panics when she sees the baby's eyes, and the uh, all her neighbours say he has his father's eyes, and she says guy's eyes do not look like that, and she said no, it's Satan. Satan has those eyes, and it dawns on her that, and they kind of try and manipulate her into like taking care of the child, like either you take care of the child or we'll we'll have to do it for you. That's horrendous. I don't think I could watch that film. I mean, it's highly rated. It's got a, a like a cult following. It's got like a lot of people absolutely love that. But it's when you sit down and actually think about all the dark things that happen throughout it, you're like, oh, I might need to be in a good place to watch this. Yeah. Oh, it says here, a remake. Oh, they did a, they did a mini series of it. Yeah, not too spicy by that. Surprisingly clever. Oh, they did a remake. 2014, they did a remake. They did like a um, mini series on NBC. How could you do a miniseries on that? So, I suppose it's just a long film. And maybe explore all the neighbours, maybe. Yeah, true. Maybe, just I don't know. Add it out a bit. <laughs> okay, uh, so what f- uh, what films have you got then, my dear? Something a bit more cheerful than that one. <laughs> They're the two that I've got. I'm trying to oh. think of anyone else. Billy from Scream, like the original Scream. Yeah. But which part is, like, because obviously you've got him and Sydney, and then you've got him and, is it, I always called him Shaggy, what's his name? Stu. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they both kill a bunch of their friends and random people and Sydney's mum, and, you know, the fact that they literally both gaslight the entire friend group by saying, but when Billy, like, has a cell phone on him when he goes to, like, Sydney's bedroom and it falls out his pocket, like when he's released from prison afterwards and tells Sydney, look, it wasn't me. Someone died while I was in prison, so it can't be me. And it's kind of like, mate, that is like massive yeah. gaslighting right there. <laughs> but also he's quite toxic to Stu, really, even if even though they're in, in it together. Right at the end, he's quite horrible to him mm. because he really doesn't care, does he? He's obviously used him too. I know obviously they're in it together, but they've kind of like, you know, done it together and it's quite it's quite strange because did you hear about the actual murder that died that was based on that oh, there's so many murders that are based on films uh what, what, what was it it was two high school guys and they acted very similar he's sick fucks you've seen one too many movies no, Sid, don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos for creating <laughs> they as soon as they kind of got caught for it they kind of just like turned on each other so it's very similar yeah, i think it, maybe it's just human nature in a situation like that but yeah they did kind of turn on each other Stu and billy because billy's obviously the mastermind isn't he yeah i mean usually what was it the from the god knows how many different serial killer documentaries i've watched people that tend to be in like teams of two that kill people off it's usually mm. a case of there's one one of them is usually the more dominant one 
and we'll bark the orders out and be like the one that's like, no, we need to do it this way. And the other one's like, right, okay, I'll follow your lead. Yeah. So I'll definitely say Billy was definitely the one that was in charge, whereas Stu was more just kind of following, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Because he, I suppose, obviously, they needed to, like, cover each other, didn't they? Mm. Um, but, yeah, he... Uh, yeah, Billy. Billy's a strange one because he lied to everyone's faces. But not only that, he also, but he also took Sydney's virginity as well. And I was like, what a bastard. It's kind of like, great, so you kill her mum, shag her, then try and kill her. It's like, for fuck's sake. Power, though, isn't it? It's all about mm. power. It's like that. There you go, that's it. The, in 2006, Cassie Jo Stoddart, the poor woman, stabbed to death. And that was base. They said they were inspired by the film Scream. Like... <laughs> Yeah, very crazy. They stalked her house and everything. It was horrible. Very sad. But they turned on each other, like, in real life. Yeah, I suppose when... I mean, if they were, like, uh, late teens or early 20s, they probably would, because they're like, you know what, I need to save my own skin. I need to make the other one look worse than I am, so I end up getting, like, a lesser sentence. Yeah, yeah they were. They were the high schoolers. Okay, that's that's understandable why why they turn against each other so quickly then. But yeah, Billy's a piece of work. Oh, most definitely. I mean, even he looks like it, it would smell just sweaty, like stagnant almost. In certain scenes, we are you look you look greasy, and you look like you would smell like just bad hygiene, really. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's... yeah, good. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, he looks a bit looks a bit sweaty, doesn't he? God, I've seen people like that in public quite a few times. Where I'm like, oh, I kind of don't want to talk to you, but oh, I just want to give you a how, give give you a shower gel and a scrub brush. <laughs> you should get one of those like um sticks, like deodorant sticks, and just go around like deodorizing people. Yeah, I don't get how people don't realise. You know? Maybe they just get used, like, they're used to their own smell. Yeah, that's probably it, actually. They just, they just genuinely don't smell it. But there's nothing, there's nothing better than having a nice shower and being fresh and brushing your teeth. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love that mm. kind of stuff. Oh, I like it too. A nice hot, hot, nice hot bath, a nice bath bomb. Sit with my Kindle and just prune myself. <laughs> it's like a budgie. Yeah. Prune <laughs> myself like a budgie. Mm. <laughs> I think the longest time I've spent in the bathroom was about two and a half hours, and my wife had to walk in and make sure I was actually still conscious. <laughs> She's like, are you okay in there? <laughs> just get you like a stick, just poke you with a stick. You all right? <laughs> just go back so, to Skyrim. <laughs> so if I look mad, she knows I'm awake. It's kind of like, why are you poking me? With, why are you jabbing me with a stick for? <laughs> Making sure you're still alive. I'm reading okay. my book. Go away. <laughs> yeah, but then you get cold in the bath. You no. have to like keep turning up the hot water. No, actually, I usually have it quite warm. I just kind of I like, stay quite toasty for a long time. I somehow retain the heat. <laughs> So what else have you been watching? Okay, Trevor from the original Candyman. Okay. So he is Helen's husband. Helen is the main character. 
and uh, right, uh, get people an idea of the film. Uh, Candyman, uh, so Helen and one of her friends, they go to like um, a housing project area mm. at, to do like a, um, a project for, uni- for like their master's degree, I think. Okay. Are we talking about the original one? Yes. So the legend of Candyman is if you say his name five times in the mirror, he'll come and kill you. Uh, Candyman himself... They doesn't want to be forgotten because that's where his power lies. The more people that know about him, fear he can instill in people. I've dated people like that. Their name in the bloody mirror and they appear. Oh, God. <laughs> we both know how to pick him, don't we? I mean, I'm happy. I got lucky. I got married to a good one. So. <laughs> it's a good one, yeah. Mm. Uh, carry on, sorry. Yes, but Candyman... Helen becomes obsessed with it to the point she feels like she's having hallucinations. Uh, she has a moment where she really unpleasant incident happened within the housing project that she ends up being accused of murder and is put into a psych ward because she can't remember what happened within like a, f- a space of a few hours. She wakes mm-hmm. in someone's a- apartment, like covered in blood, holding a knife, and wondering, and like someone's baby is missing. Uh-huh. Okay. Throughout all of this, Trevor, her husband, when Helen is in the psych ward being evaluated, he is shacking up with a with someone that is close to being on, um, like just above the age limit uh. in the apartment she shares, that Helen shares with Trevor. Sounds like a piece of work. Yeah, he's lovely. He's known as like being the ultimate like, douchebag. But yeah, so while she's in the psych ward getting poached and prodded and having Candyman taunt her throughout the room. He's shacking up with uh, like a what looks like a nineteen or twenty year old. And while she is in the the psych ward, Trevor's thing on the side moves into the apartment. Tries to, uh, is decorating with Trevor. Helen comes to the apartment by escaping the uh, the psych ward, mm-hmm. and then sees them together in the apartment and says, "You couldn't have waited until until my sentence, could you? What what were what exactly were you waiting for?" Like you could, if you wanted this, you could have just asked for a divorce. And what's really bad is at the end of the film, those two are still together. Um, yeah, Trevor and the thing on the side in that apartment. But Trevor gets his, and uh, yeah, he dies horribly at the hands of Helen. Oh, good. Isn't like a bit of revenge. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a lot to dissect, isn't it? Yeah, it's when you realise like you might be. You're struggling mentally. This thing is kind of trying to kill you. And then you get out and then find out, oh, the person I thought I could trust and I was in love with has moved on very quickly with someone that's probably about 10 years younger than me. Very, very bad. Because it's just, you know, people are mean and, you know, it's, it's, yeah, not good. People suck. (laughs) Yeah, people do suck. People are horrible creatures, aren't they? Yeah, but yeah, sadly. I think the thing is, I haven't seen Candyman. How bad's that? Because I should really have watched that by now. But... I forgot that. I've got, I've got the box set you can borrow at some point. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right. It says here that Eddie Murphy was the original choice of the role of Candyman, but the filmmakers could not afford him. 
I mean, I'm kind of glad. That would not work, would it? Because imagine, like, Eddie Murphy. I know, obviously, it's way before Shrek. But I always think of, like, Donkey when I think of Eddie Murphy. Or, you know, the, um, what's the film? Dr. Doolittle. Oh, Hilltop. I just, yeah, oh, yeah, God, I can't. A funny role, isn't he? I mean, there's Vampire in Brooklyn that he stars in. But yeah, seeing him in a serious role like like Candyman just doesn't do it for me. Whereas the guy that was actually actually plays Candyman, he has a presence about him. He has like a very well-to-do voice. Like he's very like he's got some. It's very oh god, his voice is almost like melted caramel, isn't it? Lovely. <laughs> Name Ted, Tony Todd is that? I'm just looking at the cast. Yeah, Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Yeah, he's got a very serious face, hasn't he? Got a very serious mm. like stare. Just looking at like the posters, yeah, you can see that why. Yeah, he looks quite menacing, like the way he's staring. Okay, if I let you borrow the uh, the box set, try and imagine mm. Eddie Murphy trying to pull those lines off. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think it'd work. I mean, I just seen Sam Neill as the um, the guy from Event Horizon. Yes, he's so good in Event Horizon. I love that film. Yeah, I love that film. It was so good. I like a good sci-fi. Oh, yes. Nothing like a good cosmic horror. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at, like, the... Just, the, like, images from the film. I'm thinking, yeah, Eddie Murphy just would not fit in this. But it says they couldn't afford him. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, it just wouldn't work, would it? So what else? Uh, I've got What Keeps You Alive, which was released in 2018. Ooh. So, it's... A bit of a newer film compared to some of the ones we've been talking about. Okay. But it's available to rent or buy on Amazon Prime, and it's uh, free to watch on Plax. What keeps you alive? I'm just going to Google it. Okay. Ooh. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to give people a spoiler warning because I want people to, so if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Pause this bloody episode and go watch this film because it is... It's interesting. <laughs> so, really? What yes. was it like? Um, quite creepy, but at the same time, you're like, holy shit, this is absolutely, like, you can almost imagine something like this, like, going on. Ooh. So, yes. So, yeah, spoiler warnings for the entire thing. Well, I try not to spoil it for you, because, th- yeah, I think you'd kind of enjoy it. So, um... Yeah. Set the scene. What keeps you alive? Majestic mountains, a still lake, and a venomous, uh, venomous betrayals engulf a female married couple attempting to celebrate their first year anniversary. So imagine this: like first year anniversary, you're in a nice cabin in in the wooded area, trying to enjoy yourselves, and then your your wife drops a very nasty bombshell on you that makes you question. How did you not see this coming? Why? Why am? I, why have I married this person? Uh, like, how quickly can you run away? Sort of new wife before she gets a chance to kill you. She's in a cabin in the woods as well. Yes. <laughs> like, where the hell are you going to go? Mm, well, it's good. I'm just reading the synopsis. Mm. So yes, secrets are told. You find out your partner's fucking toxic nutter, and you're trying to survive in the wilderness while she's trying to chase you. <laughs> It says previously unknown dark side. Like, how would you not know? I've put up with worse, I suppose. Yeah, you sit down and realise just kind of how bad it is because you're like, oh, 
you kind of question like how well do you actually know your part when certain things come to light oh well i don't want to ruin it but like what happens like is it just all about her trying to escape like them trying to escape from each other Kind of. So it's about one of them trying to escape, the other one trying to... Uh, pretty much trying to off their wife, whereas the other one's trying to like get away and wow. kind of trying to fight back and trying to make it so that they actually can kind of... Like, trying to figure out the dynamic of, like, how the hell have you... Why did you not tell me anything? And just trying to, like, trying to figure out how can you survive this situation of I'm in the middle of nowhere with someone that turns out I barely know. Basically. So are you going to ruin the ending or what, What you know? No, I won't ruin the ending because I think it's worth, to me personally, it's worth watching. Like you will kind of sit there and kind of go like, God, I hope she survives this. It's really good. I want to watch it. Good. Well, it's on Plex. Plex, what's that? So many people have asked me that. P-L-E-X. So pretty much it's like a free streaming service. If... Any films are available free on other streaming services, it will be on that service as well. So it's kind of like a collection hub of free films. Oh, we're not sponsored, by the way. No. <laughs> Plex, sponsor, sponsor the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind if Shadow wanted to sponsor me or got some kind of sponsor for this. I mean, unless yeah. a bit of income from this won't be... Won't be um, I won't turn my nose up at it. <laughs> so what? <laughs> how do we kind of break down that relationship then? If someone wants to kill you. I don't even know. Like, you don't know who your partner actually is. You find out some horrific things I've done before you met them. So she was a murderer beforehand? Yes. Ooh, that's, that's pretty mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, how do, how do you explain that one? But I suppose, it, but I guess you could actually think about it like... It's like any secret, really. Yes, it's horrendous, but it is like any other secret. It's a secret, isn't it? It's like there's, there's some secrets where it's kind of like, oh, you know what, I, I may have ate the last camel waffle in the cupboard, and then there's that in this film. It's kind of yeah. like, there's a bit of, bit of difference there. <laughs> yes, just a slight difference. Slight difference, I suppose. You know, eating the last caramel waffle, you know murdering a bunch of people yeah it's kind of a bit of a difference that sounds good so let's go watch that and if if people don't know what plex is yeah free streaming service if the films are free anywhere else it'll be on that service as well so go download it you can get it on the app top you can get it on uh anywhere you can get a streaming service so is it for everything or is it just horror uh it's for everything oh cool so you you were mentioning earlier get out weren't you yes i've seen that one and Oh my fucking god! Like, how do you? What kind of relationship that comes <laughs> come under? Because obviously, that's well, it's controlling, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like I'm trying to think of like how many forms of abuse is this for for the main character? Where are those keys, Rose? You know, I can't give you the keys, right, babe? If people don't know about this film, it's uh, a film called Get Out by Jordan Peele. I highly recommend watching it. Go for it. So a black man is dating a white woman. He's going to see her parents for the first time. She hasn't told her parents that he's black. Yeah, everyone, including like family, friends and her, behaving ways that are just very... That kind of make you feel very, I don't know, as if there's like something going on in the background. 
around that you're not being told about. It's not being kept out the circle. So yeah, in this film, it turns out rich white people kidnapping a, uh, a few black people and have figured out how to put their minds into the bodies of these younger black people yeah. and essentially take over their bodies. And it's kind of like take over them and just control, control the bodies, relive certain things in their lives that they wish they could have changed or to just be young again. And so essentially like their family and their family, like cult members, essentially. Typical white rich people, you know, they are, they are always the problem. I would love to do an episode with you about rich people problems because there's, oh. there's, there's a few different horror films that do go on to that subject. I've talked to us about with Mrs. about horror films where it's kind of like you wouldn't see someone of like our, our wages getting into these problems because we don't have that financial need to get to those problems. Yeah. And it's also like The Purge. Do you remember The Purge? Yes. And it's like, it is, well, obviously everyone knows The Purge. It, it's that, yeah, I'd, yeah, well, we need to do that episode. I love moaning about yeah, Richmond. Definitely. It's hilarious. <laughs> same. <laughs> I'll be brilliant that, will be. <laughs> but yeah, I think Get Out was like quite... I'm trying to think of anything else that kind of covers... It kind of stands on its own, doesn't it? Because it's, it, it was the right timing, because wasn't it kind of like round the Black Lives Matter movement? I'm not saying it's, it's joined to that, but it was around it, that kind of time. Yeah, I think this came out just before the Black Lives Matter. Was it just before? Oh, yeah, 2017. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of covers... It covers a lot of bases, doesn't it? Because it's like... It's also the racism side but it's like it's that weird that weird racism where it's like oh, i don't mean it like that i just mean they're obviously picking yeah it's kind of like i don't want to go too much into it because it's just like i don't want to say the wrong thing yeah i mean i've done an episode with i've done an episode with someone about this already about mm. get out and one of the things that i pointed out i was during the there was an auction scene where people are placing trying to trying to auction him off so that someone can take over his body. Jeez. And it's I kind of explain that particular scene as it's almost like going to a used car going to like a car auction and bidding yeah. for a used car. And it's like so, like a car salesman almost going, look at this bad boy, like it's fast, it's built to last. It's absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. to look at. It's got style and it still works properly. It's literally like that. Like they're essentially auctioning off a person as if they're like, as if they're almost like a sports car, isn't it? Sick to really think, like you know, you know. Obviously, with history, it's uh, not nice. Another another reason why rich white people are the problem in this world. Yeah, rich people. We we wouldn't get ourselves into that kind of situation. No. <laughs> we'll be the ones being auctioned off, that's the issue. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it's it's definitely good. I really liked it when I saw it, it was really good. I liked it too. I love it's just kind of like it's just so many different levels. It's kind of like mm. you've got that auction scene, you've got the fact that 
his partner Rose was in on it the entire time and was pretending to be on his side and trying to help him figure out what's going yeah. on. You got the family yeah. that have been a bit too like like awkwardly nice to him, but it's almost like yeah, this comes across as like you're trying to be. Yes, I did kind of cringe at the teacup scene though. I was like, this is a bit naff, you know. And he's like, the the what is it, the hypnosis bit? I don't know. It just made me feel. I mean, I kind of like that because it's that that constant scraping sound of the spoon up, and it's kind of like you you almost tune it out after when you. For him, it's when you hear her like tap the spoon. It's that sudden change in tone that made him kind of like go into the sunken place. So for True. that, it kind of works on that level because it's kind of like hypnosis is kind of like that that constant sound, that one thing that you have to try and concentrate. And then having that, yeah, having yeah. that concentration disrupt is what usually makes it happen. Yes, definitely toxic. <laughs> definitely toxic to like lead someone into that. On so many levels, and the fact that she said that, oh, what was it? I think she actually says to him that you're the first black person I've dated, and he finds evidence and finds she's dated a bunch of other people. From oh, from that community, and to find out that most of them have actually become victims of the family as well. Forgotten about that. Ooh. I saw that. And I was like, yeah. "Oh, you bitch! <laughs> oh, you bitch! Manipulating partners. The joy. <laughs> what are the ones that are on the list that I've seen? Okay, I need to mention uh, the fly. The original fly. Oh God, um, the one from the bundle. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Okay, go for it. The reason why I think it's very toxic, why Seth uh, Brundle in particular is quite toxic, is because... Okay, so the reason why I went into teleportation pod in the first place was because he saw that his girlfriend had met up with her ex to tell him to bugger off and leave her alone. However, Seth saw those two together, assumed the worst, he got drunk... And got into the teleportation pod and then fused with the fly. Oh, okay. So, jealousy. I'm talking yes. about jealousy. And then when he starts becoming, he starts to change, it becomes more aggressive. It becomes more controlling with her. Very interesting. So, yeah, it's, uh, and the fact that really in one point in the film, I think she leaves him and just doesn't want to see him because of his behaviour. He actually sleeps with someone else. His girlfriend comes in, sees them to almost getting into a, a physical confrontation, and then mm. he lies to the girl that he's just slept with. That's not his partner, and says, "Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, my mother comes to visit sometimes." And it's just kind of like, mate, oh, that much of a dickhead. But the thing is, would he? Do you think he would have changed that way anyway if he's seen it and jumped to conclusions? Or is it because of what happened to him? I don't know. I mean, for me, the fact that he jumped con- to conclusions when he saw them two together mm. really annoyed me because that's what. Because after that, he was like, oh, I'm going to get drunk. Woe is me because I saw them two together instead of asking for nation yeah yeah and if you're in a health relationship you just ask and go oh exactly. i saw you before. yeah 
So really, it was in him anyway. Yeah, I think that just the uh, the transformation just made it more like, abundantly clear that he's somewhat insecure, but that is li- he becomes stronger, he becomes more aggressive, and he becomes more controlling in a lot of situations. So it becomes more controlling with her, and then yeah. expects her to kind of stay. But it's only when he deteriorates mm. and she actually wants to help him that he's like, no, I don't want you to see me like this, I don't want you here. So it's almost like she sees you in pain, she wants to help you, but he's kind of like, it's almost coming across as he's playing the victim in the situation. None of this would have happened if he didn't get drunk or if he actually just talked to her. Yeah. So talk to your partner. It's not that difficult to ask for an explanation. On- no, because it's not like they're, you know, it's like he's caught her cheating. I've just looked at the, the actual fly that he turns into. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like something from um, District 9. <laughs> Don't you think? It looks like something from District 9. Yeah, it does. It does. I'll agree with you on that. The fucking prawn. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, the fly in 3D. You can watch it in 3D as well, it says it. They're fantastic. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> the fly looks like he'd be sweaty as well. Yeah, I can't imagine what like a giant fly would smell like in general. So, I mean, they literally land on shit and random bits of food. So, I'd imagine they'd smell bad. (laughs) I didn't realise it was Jeff Goldblum. In is that class as the remake or is that the actual original? Uh, No, that's the remake. Yeah, I didn't know it was Jeff Goldblum. Mm -hmm. He's got a bit of a cult cult following, hasn't he? Oh, most definitely. Don't they call him Daddy online or something? Oh God, yeah, they do. He always seems like such a sweet guy, though. He does, but I, I don't know. I find his mannerisms to be quite distracting. Do you think? What? Because a little bit, like, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, I see what you mean now. I'm just trying to think back of watching him. Yeah. he has. He's definitely got different mannerisms, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, I find like certain the hand gestures and movements during conversations to be quite distracting for me. So I think like, talking to him would be a bit like, I'll just be staring at his hands the whole time. Yeah, he's got he's got a different way of like delivering words as well, hasn't he? Like his delivery, the way he speaks. Yeah, yeah, his hand, his hand movements definitely distracting. I'm trying to think of any other ones that I've seen. I tried to watch. Did you watch Mid- Midsummer? I uh, I haven't, but I've seen a lot of it, like clips of it online from like what culture horror and like videos. It's. I try. I was going to watch it but I couldn't find anywhere but it said you can s- stream it for free but I just couldn't find it free anywhere might try and find it again I'm trying to think of anything else that's kind of toxic relationships other than you know if if anyone is going through anything you know seek seek help <laughs> that's the only thing I can kind of say because Life is too short to be in bad relationships. Yeah. I mean, if I can give some advice, it's definitely sit down with a pen and paper and like, come, like write all the different issues that have happened. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also kind of try and take your emotions out of it a bit. Because imagine that you're kind of talking to your friend and like if your friend came with this these problems to you how would you react to them because it's very hard when you're inside something 
to kind of see it for what it is. You know, and if someone's mistreating you, then you really have to put yourself first. Exactly. I mean, there's charities available. There's different services you can go to. Uh, if I can, if I remember to, I'll put some. I'll put some names in the episode description so I have an idea of where they could go. There's also a book that I'm reading at the moment, which is incredible, called Attached, and it's it's about the science of adult attachment and how to like help you find and keep love. That's what it's called. And it is brilliant. It is so good. It's such an eye-opener. So that might be worth... Okay. But called attachment. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's weird how certain relationships are kind of formed, but it's when you realise it's a lot of it's to do with how you react to people when you were a child or, like, teenagers, and it's kind of, like, stuck with you. The type of people that you become attached to feel as though... Maybe they have the type of traits that you're looking for, traits that are more desirable to you, but you realise they're the traits that you kind of grew up with, but you didn't realise that they were that they were dangerous traits. So I recommend that book, Atta- Attachment. Attached. Yeah. Uh, attached. Uh, who is the author? It is Amir I think I'm saying that right. A M I R Levine, L E V I N E, and it's with and Rachel Hellier, two doctors that basically I, I believe they're in a relationship, and they they did a lot of studies on um, like the the three three main forms of attachment and and how people attract other people, and yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It gives you like worksheets in there to kind of do and like there's quizzes in there to like see what kind of attachment you have and um and how you relate to people in relationships basically very very good it's a massive eye-opener like for myself and brilliant really good i did hear a oh god a uh, a short video and it was literally someone said previous bad partners that you continue to have uh, they aren't your type, they're your pattern. Yes, I've read that. I've seen that as well. I saw yeah. that. I was like, oh, I do like a good pattern. And that was just a bit of a, um, yeah, that took a moment for me to sort of like sit there and process that. It, honestly, that it, it goes all over that kind of stuff, this book does. It's, you know, obviously we're not paid by this book. It's just a recommendation that I'm, from what I'm reading, um, but yeah, it's it's a massive eye opener because it basically goes over. There's three types of like main attraction and um, attachment for people in relationships. So you've got an anxious attachment, you've got a secure attachment, and then you've got a um, avoidant attachment. Uh, the secure people, pretty much, they're cool. They go in, go into relationships. They're happy, like expressing their feelings and all this. Then you've got like anxious people who they'll be scared to kind of rock the boat and um and they will need reassurance and and if you're any of these three that there's nothing wrong with you it's just things that have happened to you before and it's you just it's just learnt behavior basically so all of them are workable i just want to add that in and then you've also got um avoidant which is someone who will get close to someone and then they'll kind of panic and they'll be like oh, I've got to get, get away from this, and they will pull away. Secure people tend to go for secure people. Um, 
anxious people because there's not many they will they're good for with secure people but because secure people tend to stick with themselves they're not in the dating pool so then you've got the anxious that then goes to the avoidant but the anxious person is obviously anxious and the avoidant person's pulling away and they're constantly trying to get that person back so it's very like there's there is things there is you know ways of dealing with things but at the same time it's it's really good to know your own attachment because then you can see oh well that's why i've done that that's why i've done this so it's it is really good it's a tough read if you don't want to know about yourself but if you want to know about yourself and work on yourself the way you described each type of attachment it made me think that it it almost sounds like the worst game of rock paper scissors pretty much but that's dating isn't it that is dating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's obviously there's you can change your attachment style, but you'd have to really you have to do a lot of work on yourself. But I think I think everyone can you know I'm not going back to like saying ba- blaming people, but at the same time, you know, self exploration and self discovery is a positive thing, you know. We're all changing all the time. We we should work on ourselves constantly and be the best person we can be exactly even if it's even yeah even if it's difficult it's definitely something that needs to be done whether Mm. you're ready to do it now if you want to uh, look into it bit by bit and just go there slowly it's at your own pace but it's it's good to just uh, learn new things about yourself yeah definitely um i think it's just healthy it's healthy it's it's people that ignore things that you know that will struggle the most so a bit of bit of self-work does everyone good mainly yourself <laughs> you know you can understand why you do things and yeah really good oh since this uh, episode has gone on for quite a while and it's been quite uh, kind of like a, a good mini therapy session i think for both of us and probably for the listeners so where can our lovely listeners find you talking about past traumas and films um they can find me well my whole work is past trauma isn't it really like my dolls are my own therapy (laughs) yeah definitely someone actually said that once to me said that um my dolls are um cheaper than therapy and i was like oh sweet um, but yeah, you can find me on Facebook. So it's facebook.com slash um, official pins and needles. Or you can find me on Instagram, which is pins and needles official. I'm also on TikTok as well, which is just me usually doing stupid, stupid shit. And that's pins and needles dolls. And also on the website. So it's pins and needles official.co.uk. Very lovely. I'm looking forward to uh, visiting your shop when I've actually got the time and the money to go. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. I'm, I'm getting the keys on Monday. Oh, yes. So we are going to be part of the yards in Kettering Town Centre. Um, so, you know, pop in and see us. I've got big plans. Very good. And you can find Slumber Party Monsters on Facebook, Instagram, the Slasher app. Uh, you can find this podcast on most listening platforms. If you want to help us out on Patreon, we're on there. And if I remember to, I will put uh, put some names down for charities and resources for, for 
people that are having that are struggling right now because yeah yeah this episode wasn't exactly light-hearted like episodes but i want people to know that they, they you know you should feel safe at the very least you're not alone guys you know and it does get better yeah i know it's cliche but you're supported you're loved and people care about you I hope everyone enjoyed that episode as much as me and my guest. You can like, share, subscribe. You can also leave us a comment, join the our Patreon. You can always send us suggestions for episodes or franchises. If you're interested, our Patreon is £3 a month. You get extra episodes, seasonal ones and franchise ones as well. So I hope everyone enjoyed themselves and we'll see you in the next one. Now recording. At least you've got some outtakes. Yep. Tap so many pandas on the capture. I never want to see another panda in my life.